0: As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. And there was darkness in the crowd. (laughs) Men love darkness rather than light. I like light. Can we get some lights on? Yeah, there we go. All right, good stuff. Hey, uh, good to be in house today, isn't it? Come on, man, it's good. I mean, it's great to be in Chicago and the suburbs here and raining. And I guess we needed it, right? I was literally just down south. I was at a conference and it was scorching. I'm not gonna tell you where I was but it was 98 degrees. I'm sweating and everything, and then I come here, I get off the plane last night, and I, I, I don't know what to pack and what to wear. Come home and it's freezing again, but anyways, um, it's all good. Okay, hey, listen, let me start with this question. So, I, I don't know, were, were your parents like, did they have a wall or maybe a doorpost or a doorway where they would get you as a little kid, and then they would put you in front of it, and then they put a little book or a ruler and then measure your height. How many people had parents that did that? Or how about this? I don't even know if my parents did it, but we certainly did it for our kids. And so all three girls, you know, we would, we would have them, you know, put their backs against the wall. And then it, we're Zappias, so it became a competition. And, and it's like, you know, it's like, it, well, I grew this much in six months. And then, well, no, I grew this much in three months. And it just got unhealthy really quickly. But, height's kind of a big deal in our house, so we're, you know, measuring everything. And if you came over our house and you were kinda tall, you'd get to go on the wall, and as long as you weren't taller than me. And, and then we even measured the dog. And so Teddy started out like this, and then he got it like this, and then that's as far as he's big as he got, right here. And I took it so far, I caught a mouse in the garage, and I took him and I just put him like this, and <laughs> just putting a little ruler on his head, and the girls were like, Dad, that's so disgusting. And I'm like, we got to check them out. And I'm joking. But why, why did they do it? Why do we do it? Well, I mean, it's simple, really. We want to measure and we want to compare and we want to show. But we want to encourage our kids with how they're growing tall, how they're growing physically. My question today is. How do we encourage each other and how do we measure and how do we help each other to grow spiritually? That's it. So, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Psalm 24. We got a great Psalm in front of us. We're in a series. If you're visiting with us, we want to thank you for coming here and being in the house today. If you're joining us online, grateful for you too. Series is entitled Summer in the Psalms, indicative of the fact that we're walking through the Psalms this summer. All of our pastors, me included, we're picking some of our favorite Psalms. This is one of my favorites. Title of the message, this is what it's going to give us. It's going to give us five marks of spiritual maturity, spiritual growth. Now, first read, you're like, ah, I don't know if I see those. And you may not, but we're going to dig them out. Because the psalm is focused on the writer is just praising God for his goodness and his grace and all these things. But it shows us the result of those things and what they have on us. And so my heart and desire is for each of you to grow Spiritually. And so these are some indicators, these are some baselines that we're going to put up on the board, and not for you to, you know, got off the plane, or, well, I got on the plane yesterday, and, and you know, the mask thing, they tell you, well, you know, if it comes down, you know, if it comes down, this is a problem, isn't it? And, but first put it on what? Yourself, before you put it on the kid next to you, or your kid, or somebody, and, and why they do that? Well, because y- y- you won't be ready to, to respond, you've got to take care of yourself first, before you can adequately help other people. And so for us today, don't don't be looking to put the mask and measure, hey, well, yeah, well, you better listen. And let's not measure everyone else's spiritual growth and maturity in your home. Let's start with you and and, and my own growth. And I wanna help you to help yourself so that you can help others, that's the key. I'm all about helping everybody else and I want you to help your kid, but you can't help yourself or your kids without helping yourself because you can't get to the place that you've never been. You can't get them to the place that you've never been. So I hear parents all the time say, well, you know, I got to get to church. I got to get my kids to church. I'm like, you got to get to church. It's true. It's and so let's do this. Have a little fun in this series. I don't know if this will continue when other people are speaking this summer, but it's going to continue with me. So let's stand for the reading of God's word. And I mean that seriously because, you know what, I mean, you know, this is a tradition. A lot of people did it. I know Pastor Al does this up in the third floor with, the, uh, with High Point Espanol, and it's, it's just a sign of reverence to God and his word. And so let's do that together. Let's look at verse, um, Psalm twenty and we're going to read all of the verses. Verse uh, 10, let me read them aloud. Let it soak in. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and all that it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. For he was founded upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek thy face, even Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of Glory may come in. Who is the king of glory again? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that it contains. We recognize today and profess that, Lord, this is breathed out by you. Yes, it was penned by human authors, but it is your word from your heart to our souls. May it encourage us in our spiritual growth. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. amen. You may be seated. If you're a note taker go ahead grab the pen we gave you a little note sheet and you can write this down we like to take notes because it helps us with our memory and so the first really mark of spiritual transformation spiritual growth it's it's recognize the totality of god's sovereignty that's what we see here with the writer of the psalm he begins by just a general view of man he ain't no atheist okay he ain't agnostic He's not wondering if God created the world. I mean, he's settled in his heart that God not only created the world, but he is sovereign and in control. He's not thinking to himself, I wonder if, you know, hey, I mean, I I wonder if there was this explosion in space and, 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 and it was an explosion and that's how it all began. Just like I'm not thinking about the fact that, man, I wonder if there was an explosion over at Ace Hardware that got this watch. Uh, of course not, it, it's a designer, it, it, it's, it's a creator. And there's no explosion in some factory that and then this watch came out. And, and please, maybe you're not there yet if you're joining us on like maybe you're not. I'm just saying he had that settled. And that's the first mark of spiritual maturity and growth is that I gotta recognize that this world is created by God. I gotta recognize that despite it seems out of control, he is in control, that's what we see first. And I love the version that says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Every single thing, all the people, all the places, all. Man, it's by his hand. Hey, nothing. it ain't made in China, the tag that says made in the US, I'm all for it, but it's made by God. He's given us everything. And so we turn to this verse a lot. I quote it a lot in in a different version. And and I quote it a lot because it has to do with our response and our stewardship. So we're stewards. And so when we did our um, uh, stewardship initiative here, we started a year and a half ago, and we talked about limitless. And this is one of the verses that just comes out, Psalm 24.1, the earth of the Lord's and everything in it. And so we're just stewards of what he's given to us. And so I usually pound that nail really hard. And and so think of a steward for a moment. Let's slow down, because sometimes we don't understand it. A steward doesn't own anything. He or she is a manager of what's been given to them. And so you don't own anything. It's his. That's a huge sign of spiritual maturity. Once that transition takes place, that there's something in your mind that says, no, this isn't mine, it's his. And he's given it over to me. I'm talking about the car that you drove over here with today. It's the Lord's. Yeah, your, title is on, your name is on the title, but he owns it. Well, some of us, our bank is on the title. <laughs> or how about the house you live in? It's the Lord's. I mean, the shirt off your back, man. You gotta just, it's a Christian worldview recognizes that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. How, how about those kids, I mean, Have you recognized, maybe you've been graced as a parent, have you recognized that you've just got them for a season and that window is closing, is it not? And it closes quickly. And as we're celebrating graduations and off to the next thing, hey, those kids ain't yours. They're the Lord's. They've been given to you for a season that you could could shape their minds and help them to grow, but they're not yours. They're the Lord's. Some of us are like, yeah, you're right. Others are like, God, can I give them back? just kidding but they're not yours to begin with I mean you just had them for a season and so the earth is the Lord's and everything in it and I don't know for me you know it helps me because I think it helps me as I grow in my own maturity in the Lord it helps me release control and everything doesn't fall on me and my decisions the more I grow and the more I learn I'm just like I don't have that much control over anything I picked this shirt today don't you like it very comfortable in my manhood. But that's about it. I don't, I mean, once we recognize that we don't have a lot of control, I think we're, we're onto the right thing. And that's not an excuse not to do anything. But he is in control. And so maybe you're going through a trial. Let me give you a quote that I love. I'm going to give you a quote after each of these spiritual mature things from very spiritually mature people. Spurgeon said, when you go through a trial, the sovereignty of God is the pillow which you lay your head. Is that awesome? Like, like I can sleep better knowing that he's in control and I'm not. Second mark of spiritual maturity is this. I embrace the fullness of God's grace. Hey, if I gotta be honest, there's some Christians, we've dove in, we've seen the need, we've dove into the deep end of the pool of God's grace. And there's others that are just tipping their toe in the shallow one. And it's all about his grace. It's all about his mercy. You know, grace isn't something that we just get when we believe in Christ. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. Grace, if you look at Titus chapter 2, it says that it teaches us. So it's not that I come to Christ and then I work to get better. Oh, work is involved. But it says it's, it's, we're trained in, to, in ungodliness and to to reflect Christ, it's, it's, what's teaching us is grace. And so let's look at what he says. Hey, let, me, let me answer it, or let me ask the question. It's a rhetorical question that the writer gives to us. And I'll give it with the same kind of angst that he does. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Nobody! Who shall stand in his holy place right next to God? Nobody! One, because we're not righteous because he's holy because we're unholy because we're impure okay little test for all those at the 9 a.m. service if you've never made a mistake if you've never done anything wrong if you've never misled someone if you've never sinned please stand waiting who's that person oh, nobody can stand who, who can stand well, we have to look to verse four. It's, it says that he or she who has clean hands and a pure heart. And then look at the maturity. Remember I said you won't see it all at once at first, but these are the marks of maturity. So if you have clean hands and a pure heart, that results in something. And it says, hey, you're not gonna lift up your soul to what is false, because you're clean, man, you're holy, you wanna do what's right, you're growing in spiritual maturity. And, and he says, and you're not gonna swear deceitfully. Hey, when you do, you're gonna get bugged and you're gonna have a problem and you wanna seek his holiness. And so who is it that has clean hands and a pure heart? For them, give a little context, for them, how did you achieve that? Well, on the way to church today, you would have had to stop by the market not to get, not to get some beef or not to get some groceries, You'd have to get a lamb or you'd have to get a bull or you'd have to get some kind of animal and you'd have to bring them over here. And then could you imagine this and just get them up on stage and give them to me and and the pastor or the priest would do what? Well, because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And so, so the priest, you at the temple would give your animal, your sacrifice, and the priest would slit its neck And there would blood be shed because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. And you say, what is this? This is kind of weird. Like, how come? Slow down. I've had a lot of time thinking about this and I was like, man, this is crazy. What's this Old Testament sacrificial system about? It's about this. Something or someone had to pay the price. Something has to die. It has to cost you something. And for them, it cost them I don't know, their dog spot, just kidding. It cost them an animal that they had, their, their best. And so that's what they had to do to get clean hands and a pure heart. It costs them. Well, for us, and this is where like, the rejoicing should start, for us, Hebrews goes on to say that what? That Jesus Christ is the once and for all final sacrifice so we don't have to do that. He's the one, that's why he's called the Lamb of God. Whoa, that's why, yes. And you've been brought up your whole life in the church and you say, this is so simple. Like I'm just telling you, I grew grew up in church and I'll never forget when that light bulb went off. I'm like, oh my goodness, how did I miss it? So if that's you, it's all right. I mean, it's like the Lamb of God was given so that one sacrifice could cover us and all we need to do is believe in him. And he's the one that paid the cost and the price for us. And we just got to grab hold of it. That's grace. And we have to fully embrace the grace. And so one who loves much has been forgiven much. You've been forgiven more than you realize. Where would you be without the forgiveness of Christ? I mean, it's just, it's just a wonderful picture. Embrace the fullness of God's grace. Embrace the fullness of God's mercy. It, 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 that's a measure of spiritual maturity. So again, we'll give you a couple quotes with this just because we're measuring ourselves first and looking at our own spiritual growth before we look at others. Jerry Bridges, I, I love him. just He's with the Lord He's a scripture guy. I'm just all about scripture guys. Navigator's guy, I mean, anything. If you're going through a trial, read his book, Trusting God. I tell you, whatever this guy has written, I've read everything. It's just old school, but it's good. Look what he says about God's grace. He says, our worst days are never so bad that you're beyond the reach of God's grace. He says, and your best days are never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace. How many people would affirm the truth of that statement? Amen. it? it did. I mean, and, and if you're not, you're like, you're not, you don't, you're not getting it yet. See, we're trained to renounce ungodliness. That's what it says in Titus. We're trained by the grace of God. And, and so that's the beauty. So let's go to the next mark. I think we, we got another mark, and that's about the blessing. So this is about what we get. We're not supposed to focus totally on that, but I think sometimes we Christians as evangelicals don't focus enough that God does want to bless you it comes in different forms though and so we get it right here he will or she will receive blessing from the lord and why because we've already received the righteousness the imputed righteousness from Christ that's the sacrifice that Jesus made that you're holy because he was holy you're pure because he was pure not on your own none is righteous not even one but because of him and so so we get rewarded And so we want to receive the abundance of God's blessing here and in eternity. And so that's what we see here. So I don't know, let's just be kind of foolish for a moment. Everybody up for being foolish? Let's just say that I went to the store and bought a lottery ticket, and it was the winning ticket. Now, I don't play the lottery. Don't judge me right now. I don't, but I'm just, for the illustration purposes, let's just say I had a winning ticket, and it was like, man, that's awesome, and I gave it to you, and then you knew the numbers and everything, Woo! and you didn't cash it. Now, how foolish would that be? Very, very good. Thanks for the honesty in this section. The holy people over here are like, well, I don't do that. Yes, you would. Okay, just for fun now, no judgment in the room. Okay, so I, I literally, I'm at the gas station this morning and I bought two lottery tickets. I've never bought lottery tickets in my whole life. So I, I said to the guy, I go, I go, what's the best lottery ticket to buy? What are these games? And he goes, he goes, well, how much do you want to spend? And I go, well, I don't know, I got 10, 10 bucks or something. He goes, he goes well, I this, one, this, this is 250 grand. And then, so I bought these two and it's some kind of game, I'm not sure, but um, let's just for illustrative purposes just say, are you over 21? Yeah, you are. Yeah, he... I'm kidding around. So that that's that's a winning ticket. I can guarantee it. I'm telling you. I can feel it, can't you? I just feel it. Who 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 else? Who? I was going to give it to this guy, but he looks like he bought one this morning already. Um, let me. Anybody? Yeah, you're over 21, right? Okay, give it to you. Now don't play it right now. It's very confusing. I'm like, you got to do a crossword and everything. But I'm telling you, I'm feeling lucky today. And I think that. Yours isn't a win, but yours is. <laughs> but, but honestly, what, what if they were? And you knew it, like that's what we're doing as followers of Christ, man, I mean, God's given you a winning ticket. And too many of us are failing to cash it in. And we're leaving blessing on the table. And that's I, I think that's happening more than we wanna admit in our Christian life. And so how do we receive the blessing? Well, it's about obedience. And so I gotta do what he says. And so let me show you a verse in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, first few verses. It says, if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord, being careful to do all his commands, that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations of the earth, and these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. I just love it. And then he says, if you obey the voice of the Lord. So to obey the voice of the Lord, I have to hear the voice of the Lord. Agreed? Are you listening? Are you turning down the volume of everything else? And are you listening to the Lord? I'm just, I'm I'm surprised at the number of Christians that I meet and people that I talk to that are mature, and they've made a decision about a course of action for their life, a change in direction, and they haven't sought God's word, they haven't sought God's people, they've only gone to people who affirm what they know they want to do. Have you gone to a mature Christian? I mean, yeah, God can speak through a donkey and your friend may be a donkey. (laughs) But I don't know if it's the voice of the Lord. And so we gotta just, are you hearing the, what's he telling you to do? Change direction, change careers, change Go back to school, get, get a new job, forgive someone, share your faith. What is it? Are you hearing the voice of the Lord? If you're hearing the voice of the Lord, we want to confirm it through his word, through his spirit, through mature Christian leaders and friends, and, and we got to push forward. And, and then it takes the step of faith, and that's the hardest part. Because some of us, we've known what the Lord wants us to do, speaking truth here, but we're not doing it. And it could have been two years ago, it could have been four years ago. It it could have been four weeks ago. You know you're supposed to forgive that person. This is maturity, man. You gotta take the step of faith and you gotta take the step of faith. And if God's calling you to do it, he will provide. He's in control. And so I think this is a big mark of spiritual maturity. So let me go ahead and give the, um, uh, the, the, the quote, I think. I love this one. This is um, Dr. Charles Stanley. He just went to be with the Lord. He's with the Lord right now. He's one of the great clouds of witnesses, and he says, you can never go wrong by obeying God. <laughs> love the simplicity of that statement. You're never gonna go wrong if you just obey the Lord. And then how about this guy? Um, I was just over in Wheaton preaching over there, and so he went to Wheaton College, and, if you don't know his story, it's one worth digging into, Jim Elliott. He said, God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. Did, did you hear that? Like, what are you deciding? Are, are you going to put it on the altar? What are you deciding about? You know, one of my favorite things is um, for, kid, for my kids was when they decided to go to college. And we had all the colleges and we went on all the visits and they were deciding and and sometimes it's not about a you know a right or a wrong. It's about what's best. And 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 just to to walk through that process and pray and see the Lord confirm and, and what was that step. But in order to get God's leading, you got to lay it on His altar. And I got if I, if I'm gonna God always gives His best when you leave the choice with Him. <laughs> And then this is the thing, sometimes we're afraid, well, what if it doesn't work out? Well, then it's okay, the Lord didn't want it to work out. You learn some things, it's awesome. That situation, you thought it was gonna be forever, it was only a year. It it was okay, it's okay. Like, if you believe he led you, then he's gonna lead you through it, and he's gonna provide on the other end. That's maturity. And so we wanna all be able to counsel and help people through that. Okay, so next, uh, Mark. Good stuff? I desire the richness of God's presence. I, I want God's presence. I, I, you know, it's all, sometimes maybe you're going through a season of a little dryness. You're in the wilderness a bit. Praise the Lord that you're here under good teaching of God's word. He, he'll break through. I've been through the wilderness experience. I mean, we, 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 you can push through, God will get you through. And, and, and so, so I love this because it says uh, our English Bibles kind of fail us this, this way. I don't, don't want to be that kind of guy, but, but they kind of do because these, this, these words are come from two different words in the original language. So there's actually two different words. So such is the generation of those who seek God. It's like the whole generation is seeking him. If we were to double-click on this one, it's used a lot, and it, it has to do with seeking God to be counseled or to be cared for. So a little different emphasis. And so it's like I'm seeking in the generations that he would give us counsel and he would care for us, that he would be our provision and our provider. And then this one over here, it's who seek the face, the intimacy of God. And this one is about seeking to go after, that that I want to go after God and his goodness and 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 his greatness, and, and, and so I'm gonna seek after it's, it's, it's like what you do if your dog is lost. Like you, you know, you're, you're going after, you're in the neighborhood, you're sending everybody out, you're texting everybody, you're, you're putting up signs. You don't do that for your cat. If your cat's lost, amen is right. Cats are all lost. This is so weird, I'm, I'm driving here. The only reason I'm thinking about this is when I was driving here, this is kind of freaky. I'm not a superstitious person, but when I was driving over here, A cat went right across the road, a black cat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just bought two lottery tickets. (laughs) I'm not that guy. But I I remember um, my son-in-law, who I I love dearly, um, both of my sons-in-law, I do care for them. And uh, he, he tells a story about his dog in Alaska and I don't have all the details. Let me clutch to the chase. So his dog's named Schnook. And so this, is, you know, this isn't like my little dog. This is a real dog. He's from Alaska. And so his parents are going to, um, they're going to go be missionaries in Africa. And so they're going to take the dog to, to the neighbor or to a, a friend, um, who, relative, who can care for the dog. while well, they're gone for a couple of years. And so this is Alaska. They get in a helicopter to take the dog. I mean, it's miles, it's a different terrain. You know, This isn't like you in your little cul-de-sac with your little three-car garage. In your Jeep that you bought for your kid, you don't need a Jeep. There's nothing around here that says you need a Jeep. You don't need four-wheel drive. You don't need all that. As some parents are like, yes, say more, but I'm kidding around. Um, all from a father who bought a Jeep for the daughters. Okay, so I needed somebody to say that to me. Okay, so, um, so, he, so they, they, they fly the dog to this uh, res- relative or friend, and and you know what the dog does? You, you can guess this. The dog just leaves. The dog left to go back. The dog is traveling miles and miles and miles to go back to its master. It, it, he, he didn't want to stay over there. And so, I don't know, he, he didn't get to Africa, but he tried to get home. We need to be like a dog seeking his master. Wow, that's good. That, 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 that there's no place that we've gone that's too far. And there's no mountain, there's no nothing, like he's there if, if we seek his faith. And, 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 and I desire the richness of God's presence. That, that's why we're going through you know, and doing this, um, th- this Bible study, Summer in the Psalms, we, if you didn't get one of these, you can grab one, they're online, uh, I think it's in the app. So, so you, can, you can, whoa, um, hold on to yours. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, it's great that you, if you could just work through it this summer and, and to grow in your desire. And, and so we've talked about these three words, there's discipline, desire, delight. And so, you know, I don't wanna do it. Well, I don't wanna work out either, but I need to, because I like to eat. So discipline, i got to make myself do it, and then becomes the desire, I, I enjoy doing it, and then becomes the delight. And so some of us might be in that spot with the Lord right now, where it's, it's going to take some discipline, it's gonna, that's going to turn into desire, and then you're going to be happy at the end when you did it. Anybody been in that place? You spent some time with the Lord, and you're like, and then he revealed something to you, and something happened that day, and you're like, what if I didn't spend the time with him? And some of us are in that period right now where you've got to press in more to Him. So, last thing is this we're going to invite the worship team up. And let's get to the last one. We'll invite the worship team, Todd and his team, to come up. I spread the greatness of God's glory. And so, we're going to spread the greatness of His glory. And I really love these last few verses. I'm going to show them to you differently, not in sequence. And so, um, just put your thinking caps on for a moment because it's kind of like, what is going on here? So, so lift up your heads, O oh gates. Lift them up, O oh ancient doors. Lift them up, O oh gates, O oh ancient doors. We see that phrase. It just works it through the last part of this psalm. And so, so what is happening here? It's like, O oh gates, O oh doors. Oh, like, is this us? Are we like a door? Are we like a gate? Or are, are, are you saying I'm like my garage door? I, I, I don't know. I, is that what he's saying? Kind of. This is where, let me give you the context of the psalm. The context is David is writing this. David is writing this about the fact that the ark is going back into, it's going into the city. And so they're lifting up the gates. They're opening up the doors. The ark is the presence of God. And so we've taught on this before. The ark is God's presence. It's a symbol of his presence. So they're looking, they're watching, they're lifting their heads. He's coming into the building. He's coming into the city. Look up, God is here and his presence. I mean, they're preparing themselves for the presence and the glory and the greatness of the Lord as he is here. And then look for the clarity of the psalm. That's why I love it. We want to go for maturity. So where's it going to come? Well, look at the next set of verses. It says the king of glory. And he's like, like, who is this king of glory? Four times. Well, Well, the king of glory is the Lord. And he's the strong and the mighty, the Lord, the mighty in battle. Are you going through a difficult time? You're going through a season where you've had some losses? You're going through a season where the chain needs to be breaking, broken, the chains. Like the Lord is He's the, He's strong and mighty, and He's taken us through battles. And, and then He says again, Hey, just just so just so anybody who, who is He again? Well, well, He is the Lord of hosts. And so get that picture, boom, boom, double click, hosts the angelic forces that it's not just him, it's the army of those with him. And he's coming in, man. He, he, his presence is here. And, and I just love this, and, and then it says, he is the king of glory, the, the Lord God Almighty. So for them, remember, David, it's about the Messiah. And the Messiah is coming. And, and they're looking forward. And they have the presence of the ark. For us, he's been here. It's Jesus. He's the Lord of hosts. And he's seated right now at the right hand of the God, of the Father. And he's going to come back. And this is so us about a, opening up our hearts to his presence and to his return. And so I'm gonna ask you to stand with me, if, if you would, please. And I'm gonna paint a picture as the worship team begins to strum behind me and get us ready to close with a time where we focus on ourselves and our own growth and we look to the Lord for his help. And, and Revelation gives us the picture of the Lord of hosts, the King of glory. And Revelation isn't a caricature of God, It's it's a picture of who Jesus is today. He left as the suffering servant. He came back as the resurrected king. He left and he's coming back. How's he coming back? Well, look at verse 19, excuse me, Revelation 19. I'm gonna read verse 11. And John wrote, I saw the heaven open up and behold, a white horse. And he who is on it is called faithful and true. That's Jesus, he's faithful. Amen? That's Jesus. He's true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. And his eyes are like a flame of fire. Have you felt the penetrating gaze of Jesus? It's like he's searching in our hearts and our minds. And he says on his head, there's many crowns. My, My version, it's the NASB, it says many diadems. And so he is the king. And, and then I love this. He says, there's a name written on him which no one knows except himself. And I've wrestled with that. What, what does that mean? What, 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 he's got another name. Do you recognize that we're never gonna stop learning about Jesus? You're gonna be in heaven for thousands of years for eternity and you're never gonna stop learning about him. Amen? Amen. And look what he says, yeah, praise the Lord. He says, and, and he is clothed with a robe dripped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies which are in heaven, clothed in white linen, white and clean. Remember what we read? White and clean, by his righteous, that's all of us, and those are the righteous that are with him, that are coming back. And He will rule with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God. So that's my motivator, because I, some people say, I want him back. I say, I still got more people I wanna share him with. Give us more time. And then he says this, it says in verse 16, and on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written on it, King of King, Lord of Lords. That's the King of Glory. That's Jesus. And he wants to make us holy. And we have a chance to worship him. And so I'm gonna put these questions on the screen because only through him can we become who he wants. And so what area do you need to grow in for your own spiritual maturity? This summer, what's the Lord putting on your heart? What's the thing that as you read through this psalm, man, I gotta acknowledge more of his sovereignty in my life and my workplace, in my family. He's in control, I'm not. I gotta embrace the fullness of God, his grace, his mercy, Man, what's going on in my home? God, we need more of your grace. I want an abundance of blessing, God. Would you pour down an abundance of blessing? Which is it? Choose. Bow your heads with me. Let the Lord speak to you. What's the area that the King of Glory wants you to focus on? And when you're ready, and when you got it, start joining us in worship.